Welcome to the Empower 21 Leadership Podcast. My name is Caleb Worley. I'm the Executive Director of E21. And today we're joined by my special guest, Todd White. Todd is the founder of Lifestyle Christianity. He's world renowned for activating people into evangelism. Todd, so glad that you could join us on the E21 podcast. Thanks for having me. You know, as we've been talking on these podcasts, a variety of guests on a variety of topics, one of the things that we like to do is talk about how someone got started. Okay. You know, our, our listeners, they see the result now, yeah. but they don't always know how someone got started. Tell us a little bit, how did you get started where you're at? Well, where do you want me to start? You want me to start? Take with... us back 20 years. Okay, wow, 20 years. Okay, so <laughs> 20 years ago, I was in big trouble. I was an addict for 22 years. Wow. Started at 11, and when I was 17, I joined the military to try to straighten my life out. Went in at 18, joined in 17, went into the Marine Corps and went to boot camp and went AWOL, ran away oh, man. and got arrested, got caught in Colorado, got extradited back, got put in military prison, was in for about five and a half months. And then I got out and I was on base awaiting orders, but I didn't want to read around. And I was, I was clean for boot camp, but then I started partying in the fleet again, mm -hmm. and just got bad. So I went AWOL again, ran out to Colorado, hid in the mountains, was hiding up there away from everybody, living the dream. It was a nightmare, but I didn't know. Yeah. So I got busted, got put in jail, got extradited the second time, ended up getting kicked out of the military after another five and a half months, oh six months in the brig, and got a bad conduct discharge, came out, and no one wants to see that on your resume. So I kind of hid that as much as I could, got jobs, quit or got fired, was not a functional drug addict. I was, mm. it was horrible. Met a girl in a bar um, one night and tricked her into thinking I was amazing. Um, she was a, a woman that she was very independent. She worked, and I knew that I could, you know, take money. So I ended up stealing her money, and she got pregnant before she found out what kind of a person I really was. And we had our daughter, and when my daughter came out, I, I remember looking at her and saying, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm not responsible. I can't even take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And so the thought of taking myself out and suicide entered in. So I became severely suicidal. So I'm your extreme. I was extremely dark and into Ouija boards and tarot cards and Wicca and all this stuff, reincarnation, you name it. It was out there. I was trying to find it, you know? So my daughter was born. I became extremely suicidal and I didn't want to live yet. I didn't want to go because I had my daughter yeah. and my girlfriend. So I threatened her life. If she left me for another man, I would have taken her out, taken him out and then taken myself out. I threatened her all the time. You know, I never physically abused, but it was verbal abuse mm -hmm. and drug addiction was my mistress. It was horrible, you know? Oh, so we were together for nine years, seven and a half year old daughter. And one night I came home and she was gone. And so I drove to her stepdad's house to get a rifle. So I was gonna end my life. And on the way to the gun cabinet, I passed by a phone book on the mantle right before you get there. So I flipped it open and it opened to churches. Now, I wasn't a church guy. I didn't grow up in church. Matter of fact, none of my relatives nothing no christians in my family some religion a little bit but it was repulsive to me and pretty much out of all the religions i hated christianity the most because i saw the most hypocrisy and the most mm. I, I just thought all the wrong things you know and it was really bad so i was on my way to the gun cabinet made this phone book open checked off one of these churches and drove to this church with an anger issue beyond i met a pastor that day and i told him all my junk and i just kind of hammered him for like hypocrites and you guys hide inside of a building and you think this eye in the sky and all that. And he said, 
he said, uh, it's apparent that you don't want your life. And I said, I don't. I was just going to put a gun in my mouth. He goes, well, why do you think you're here? I said, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? He said, since you don't want your life, why don't you give it to somebody that does? And what hit me was mm. I couldn't understand why anybody would want the life that I had created. Even though I was created, I was responsible for all these things that I was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I chose all that. Free will is a horrible thing. Yeah. You know, when you're choosing all the wrong things and think that that can satisfy you. So none of it could. And that day to get away from the pastor, I said, whatever. If he wants my life, he can have it. Whatever. And I said, there, I did it. Pretty much that was my prayer. And so he said, amen, gave me his number. I left and I went home immediately and I called my daughter and I told her to tell mommy that daddy found God. So my daughter said, what's he like, dad? I said, I have no idea, but I met a guy today that said that his God's going to change my life. He wasn't my God. He was his God. Mm. You know, a pastor's God can't change your life. You have to give your life to God. But I didn't know what that looked like. So I'm in a band. I'm a singer in a band. And I'm like told all the guys that came up for band practice two days later. And after I had done this, my girlfriend came home reluctant and angry as possible. She was an angry atheist angry atheist and my daughter i told her it would never happen again and i was out doing drugs the first night nothing stopped because jesus didn't say go into the world and make confessing christians he said make disciples mm. i didn't know what any of that meant i didn't even know that i confessed jesus with my mouth i had no clue and so um the guys come over and i'm telling them all hey man you guys gotta hear this but i gave my life to jesus and i'm sitting there partying with them getting high with them telling them all about jesus i had no grit i had no like oh i didn't know how to i didn't have a grid for it so the guys left that night, three of them quit, said they'd never talk to me again because of this name. I'm like, why are they so upset at this name? What is wrong? And my one friend, he stayed with me and I'd party with him, he'd come over and I'd be doing it again. I'd miss band practice and cocaine was like my major issue. So he'd hear me upstairs fighting with my girlfriend, screaming, punching holes in walls, come downstairs, hey man, Jesus loves you. Lived as the biggest hypocrite on the planet. Didn't even know it, but I was as blind as could be. So five and a half months later, I go out one night and I have a kid in my car. I ran out of money. So I ripped off this kid for a bunch of cocaine. Told me I had the right to remain silent. Anything he said, Kevin, we used against him in the court of law because I've been read my rights so many times. I'd been in and out of jail even after the Marines, just warrants and all that stuff. So I'm telling this kid, reading him his rights, and he's freaking out. And I tell him to get out of the car and put his hands on the hood. And when he does, I hit the gas to get away. And when I hit the gas, he unloaded a nine millimeter at me right outside my window. And the gun blast came out but I remember looking at him pointing the gun like this oh, and I heard a voice in my car say I took those bullets for you are you ready to live for me yet mm. and I had no idea what it was and I thought oh, I'm my. dying I'm going to meet this pastor's God yeah and I knew at that moment that God was real but I thought I am so messed up it's over and then I'm pulling out of town and I realize I'm not hit like I don't have any pain so I'm trying to get high to get the voice to go away. And every time I tried to get high, the voice would come back and kill my buzz all night long. And I stole a large amount of cocaine from this kid. So I should have blew my heart up like it was bad. So I pull into my driveway after this night of not being able to get high, that the voice is in my brain saying, I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me yet? Pull into my driveway. I look at my car and there's not one bullet in my car, not even a scratch anywhere. I went to the door. She is screaming. My daughter's screaming. Daddy, you promised you'd never do it again. This is five and a half months in. So I left that night. I, I, I had to go. I didn't know yeah. where, but I was going to go. And so I called my friend, my guitar player the next day. His name's Bobby. 
And I told him, man, Jesus is real, bro. Last night I got shot at. And, Are you okay? Are you hit? I'm like, no, man, this kid was in my car and I ripped him off. He goes, and I told him about the voice. He said, Todd, you're hearing voices. So this is crazy. Bobby's this amazing guy, has two beautiful kids, has a beautiful wife. He's a stay-at-home dad. They own their property. All they have is utility bills. Mm -hmm. Like they have it. They're set. This guy didn't believe in Jesus, but he believed in UFOs and all the other stuff, you know, all the paranormal mm. stuff. But Jesus, uh, keep. I'm a good person. I don't look at you need help, bro. So I told him I was going away to the rehab. And he said the guy was a bad shot. And I told him it was a Christian rehab team challenge. Mm -hmm. He said, Todd, you're going to go away and learn about somebody that's not real. Look at your life, bro. Wow. Like if he was real, don't you think your life would be different? Like you're worse than you've ever been, you know, pretty much mm. hammering me. And so three days later, I ended up in Teen Challenge. I went up there. I wasn't allowed to call my friend. I wasn't allowed to talk to my girlfriend. Right. I had to go away for a year. So I'm up there. Three days into this thing, I get this phone call from that pastor that was trying to help me. He said that Bobby had a brain aneurysm and he was in a coma, my guitar player. And like the day I left and I'm like, what? And I didn't leave. I stayed there, but I was so devastated because Bobby was the only friend that stood by me, mm. like in this whole yeah. thing, everybody else bailed, you know, I didn't have any Christians around me. So I, I grew up in the whole non-Christian world, you know? So I'm at Teen Challenge. I'm there. The Bible became the first book that I could understand. Never read a book before, 34 years. So as I'm reading, like, Nothing's making sense, but I would go an hour earlier than everybody would get up in the day. And I'd go in the prayer room and I'd, oh, I'd just go like this. I'd go, and I'd, I'd, I'd just start reading. And you open to Leviticus and you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So all of a sudden God revealed that he's real to me and showed me in James, if I lack wisdom, ask God, mm -hmm. who gives to all generously without finding fault. Yeah. I threw it down. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's it. I don't have any wisdom. So. I had this revelation that Jesus loved me. And then I had three nights where I had visitations, all three nights from Jesus in a valley. The third night he told me to go home. So I left this place 10 months early. I get to my house and I realize, you know, I don't have a home to stay at, but I get to my house and the urgency in my heart is to tell my daughter how sorry I am. So I get to the house, she comes running out and I'm talking to her, telling her how much I love her and how sorry I am. Mm -hmm. She's like, daddy, why are you sorry? I'm like, cause all the stuff that your daddy did all the drugs and all the job losses and screaming at your mom and punching holes in walls and punching people out in their cars and smashing car windows out, road rage, pulling over and slamming on the brakes and just awful stuff, awful stuff, like awful. She's like, daddy, you're home. And I'm trying to tell her how I can't be there, you know? And my girlfriend comes out of the house and I told her how sorry I was. I, I'm so messed up, I messed up everything, but Jesus is real and I want you to know and I'm trying to tell her. I'm gonna get a job and be responsible because I never mm -hmm. held a job. She told me that when I went away, she had an encounter with Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I'm like, I cannot live here. My first conviction was that I can't just live here, sleep with you ever again. Mm. We have to have a covenant. She asked me to marry her. And we got married four days later. <laughs> it's so powerful, man. So the day after we get married, um, I go up and visit my friend Bobby because he was in a convalescent home hooked up to uh, life support because of the brain aneurysm. Mm -hmm. And I walked into the room and I saw him there just dead stare. And I told him how sorry I was and how much I loved him. And Jesus is real. His wife was there freaking out, screaming at me, telling me, don't you talk about Jesus in here. Jesus is, look at my husband, you know yeah. all that. So I go over, she goes over the corner, she puts her hands on her ears and I'm trying to tell him how sorry I am, you know, and that he's real. He didn't wink at me or squeeze my hand. And I left that day and went home and told my wife, you know, and Bobby died the next day, my best friend ever. And Mark may have did something 
to my heart that nothing else can ever do. I realize the reality of what it means to live what you say and that there are people watching you. And I was the only yeah. one that could have got to him. And so I went and did his funeral and spoke at his funeral and half the funeral I got born again that day. It was amazing, my first time I ever spoke. Mm. So fast forward, I just believe the gospel, man. I believe that I'm right with God. Yeah. I believe that my past has been forgiven. And he didn't just forgive it, he, for, he forgot it too. I believe that my, my sin is under the blood of Jesus, which doesn't give you the want to sin. It enables you to be free from that life that you used to live, where you're dead to sin, alive to God. Then I saw miracles in the Bible, and I'm like, oh my gosh. They're, they're real. I saw somebody get healed of leukemia in a healing service. The medical report came in two weeks later that somebody got healed, this guy that came in. I saw him walk out on hospice, told the pastor before he got prayer, we don't believe in anything that you said today at the healing service, is that gonna matter? And Pastor Dan, that guy was helping me, he goes, absolutely not, let me pray for you. Pray for him two weeks later, medical report, completely leukemia free. Wow. I said, I'm praying for everyone. Oh my gosh. So that was the start. That was it. So I just started to pray for everyone I saw. So I, I made sure that I prayed for at least 10 people every day. Hmm. And honestly, for my my first two weeks, my my wife was so finished with me praying in public because I was bold for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Now I realize the devil had me leading me around as a slave to sin. Sure. And now I realize what was doing that. I'm going to give him a bad day every day. Yeah. And so I'm praying for people. No one's getting healed. So I prayed for I prayed for a week. Prayed for seventy people. Not one person got healed. Not that I saw. I'd call Dan every day. Hey, man, I prayed for. Did you see anything? No. But I'm gonna because the yeah. Bible says these signs will follow them that believe. And so prayed for another week. Nothing. Three and a half months went by didn't see anybody healed like literally over 900 people you know i kept a record just mm -hmm. to see make sure i would keep on point but the bible still didn't change yeah even though i didn't see people healed it's still the same i go back here and read it these signs will follow them that believe and i realized that um there was something to the baptism of the holy ghost and fire mm. i realized that when i got born again the holy spirit came to live inside of me but there's a separate baptism. And I started to research scripture and look at sure. these guys. Like, like why, would, why would Philip go and preach Christ, them get born again, get saved? And why would Peter and John walk over 60 miles just to get to that city? Because they needed the Holy Spirit baptism. Yeah. So I'm like, I need this, I need this, I need this. And I went to a meeting that, where there was a guy preaching there, um, a guy by the name of Randy Clark. He was doing a service. And I just couldn't even listen to his message. I kept thinking, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but the one coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So I just kept thinking that. My heart was hungering. I know that this is necessary. So sure enough, Randy calls me out. I stand up. The Holy Spirit hit me and completely incapacitated me for about an hour and a half. Mm. It looked like a deliverance service. It looked like I was getting, but I was yeah. already delivered. I was getting filled. It just didn't look like what people would expect it to. It felt like electricity going through my body, everything was coursing. It, I can't explain it except it was wonderful, but scary. Yeah, People are like, I want more of God. I don't know how much more you're wet, right? And so I'm totally undone, totally wiped out by Jesus. And for seven days, it surged through my body, different hours through the day would just come. In the middle of the night in my bed, it would just, just shake me again. All of a sudden, I got a word of knowledge at work. Didn't even know what it was because I never read about it. Sure. So I had just thought of two herniated discs and sciatic nerve damage in this guy's right leg. And I asked him, he said, yes. I went, oh. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, 
oh my gosh, even goosebumps even today because it was Jesus mm -hmm. teaching me that I didn't even know. Later I read about it and find out that was it, mm -hmm. but God's grace. And so I ended up praying for him. He bends down, he goes, you have a power. He stands up completely healed. I'm like, no, no, no. Look, the Bible says these signs will follow them that believe. Yes. And so I called Dan, I said, it, man, it happened. I called my wife first and she hung up on me. She didn't want to hear it. And so nine months into this thing, my wife wouldn't go in public with us. Um, she wouldn't even go out of the house. And so, cause she was embarrassed by my life. I was just, no one ever told me about Jesus. 34 years, no one said anything. No one witnessed to me. No one told me that God loved me. Nobody, man. Mm. And I walk by Christians all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're happy and you know it, use your mouth. This isn't just for an evangelist. This is for believers. Well, what do you believe? I can't afford to believe just enough to get to heaven. I have to believe enough for heaven to get into me. Mm, wow. So that 1 John 3, 8, for this reason, the Son of Man, Jesus, was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. So that 1 John 3, 8 can be my mission. Yeah. And then getting to heaven can be my destination. Man, you know, you just said a few things that I think are so powerful. When I think about your story, you know, when people see the results or they see the, the byproduct of maybe things that are happening in our lives, we don't always know what got them to that place. Yeah. And here for all that time, you were going the opposite direction. You were yeah. filling yourself, literally, with all of these things. Yeah. And then the Bible says that he, the Holy Spirit, he wants to fill us. That's right. And so you were having these encounters of filling. That's right. You know, people that are listening to us today, they, they, some of them listening, they don't, they don't understand that. That's right. Others, they've had that encounter. But now it makes sense. You know, when I've watched your ministry and heard you minister to people, the, the, really the spirit of activating people is because of the, the experience that you had yeah. and really the pain that you had to go through thinking, why didn't anyone tell me? That's right. You know, you have been so focused on this understanding of personal evangelism. I think most people listening probably recognize you for uh, the, you know, the hair, the shoes, the natural yeah. things like that. But really the spirit behind what you're known for yeah. is you don't want anyone to be lost. I don't want any. You don't want one person because you, you really have caught something that I think everyone listening should really catch. And that is that when the scripture says God loves the world, he's not talking about a geographic place. Right. He's talking about the people That's in the right, world. Man. And, you know, that love is so powerful. And would you do something right now? Yeah. Would you pray for those that are listening? Yeah. I think we could go on and on and we have to have more uh, time to digest all that God is really doing in your life and really what's on the horizon. You know, because you're at a place where you've seen God do a lot. But you know what? I believe more uh, is in you than what we've seen come out of you. And God's going to pull that out. It's on the horizon. But there are people today, they can't even see the horizon. Yeah. They can't see the, the light in front of them because of the darkness that's covered their eyes. Yeah. Even ministers, I believe today, yeah. that, are, that are listening, that, that are so wrapped up in the problems of ministry that they can't even see hope for tomorrow. Yeah. Would you pray for those right now? Just yeah. look into the camera. Yeah. Pray right now for those that are listening. Yeah. Well, I'm a mess. <laughs> hey, that's Jesus. Holy Jesus Spirit shows amazing. up. I never cried before. Jesus came. <laughs> now my heart's broken wow. for the world and for the people. So God, I just thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm asking you that God, the problems are far surpassed by your presence. Jesus. That Jesus, your presence is everything. 
Jesus, you slept in the boat when it was a storm. You weren't faking it. You didn't have one eye open. You were literally asleep because the reality of the presence that you carried, the peace of God that surpassed all understanding outweighed that storm that was going to drown the disciples. They were in fear. And God, your perfect love casts out all fear. All worry is completely fixed with Matthew 6, 33, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything will be added to you. So Father, I thank you for an amazing grace, God, that you would overwhelm every listener, that you would overwhelm pastors and leaders, God, that you would baptize people afresh with your Holy Spirit, God, that you would touch them in such an exponential way that they'd never be the same. God, I break fear off of people because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Jesus, make your words so real. God, I thank you for intimacy that is going to increase exponentially that we would get alone with you because when we seek you in secret, Father, you reward us in the open. Lord, I ask you to bless people. Father, I thank you that you would bring people to Christ today, yes. people that are lost and people that are out there wondering and they just flip through and they're watching this and they're like, what is that dude with dreads doing? That dude with dreads is crying because he has a love relationship with a father that pursued him for 34 years and he didn't even see it and it took me getting shot at to find it. So if you would dare to open your heart to the father, he would take you just the way you are. And he would transform your heart because that's what grace does. Grace demands change. So Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Just pray with me. Just say, Lord God, I admit that I have missed the mark, that I have sinned against heaven, I've sinned against you, and I've damaged people. And I'm asking you to forgive me right now. And I'm giving my life freely back to you because it doesn't belong to me. And God, all you're asking me to do is to give up. I was never created for me. You created me for you. So Father, I thank you. I freely give my life to you. And I say, come Holy Spirit, baptize me afresh and fill me with your love, with your goodness, with your mercy, with your grace, and with your power in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you that healing would happen right now, that miracles would happen right now in Jesus' name, that cancer would be annihilated, would be completely gone, that every yes. lung disorder and heart condition yes. and every issue with tumors would dissolve now in Jesus' name. I really believe I heard in my heart bladder cancer being healed right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for every disease that affects the body that you bore in your body on the tree so that we could be healed because by your stripes, we are healed. So in Jesus' name, we enforce the victory at Calvary. Salvation, healing, deliverance, and wholeness. And God, every devil that's trying to hold people back, I rebuke and command them in Jesus' name to cease speaking now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wow. I don't think we've had a podcast like this, Todd. Thank you uh, so much for sharing your journey, for sharing how God found you, Jesus transformed you, Amen. and really the Holy Spirit empowered you. Amen. And that's what, you know, really this podcast is all about, is helping people to understand the power of the Holy Spirit to transform your entire life. Amen. So as you've been listening and as you've been watching, I want to encourage you that uh, you're never too far away and no difficulty is too big, God still can work miracles in your life. If you need more information about Empower 21, you can just go to 
empower21.com or on social media at empower21. If you want more information on Todd and his ministry, just go to lifestylechristianity.com or just Google Todd White. You'll find a variety of resources. Thanks for joining us today on the Empower 21 Leadership Podcast.